Oh, Di's going to come first. Di. I, I, sorry, I've been saying, Pete, and uh, your lovely wife, Di. Um, thank you, Di, for coming today and being with us. And um, just want to say this couple are very precious to us. Uh, how, I don't know how long we've known one another. Too, you know, too long. Yes, go on, too long. <laughs> and um, we've walked together in all sorts of ways. And, you know, sometimes we don't see each other for ages, and then, you know, we have a chance to get back. And, and that's one of these occasions today. Uh, but Pete has been uh, a real um, consistent witness to Jesus in the churches of this town, as well as overseas. Di has um, been working quietly in so many ways with uh, people in giving support. I know, for instance, you do your, your lunches still, don't you? Um, just supporting people who don't have lunch normally, but an alpha. And, yeah, so... Um, but not just for what they do, but for who they are. They are a, a, a wonderful... Uh, we've been talking about rocks, you know, and people... God, God puts people in the church who are like... that bring that, that solidity and strength. And Pete and Di are one of those. So bless you both. We're delighted to have you with us this morning. And I'm, apparently I'm handing over to you. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, good morning to you all. Um, I'm not quite sure whether Pete would agree with that comment about me being quiet in the background. <laughs> he says you would have to see me at home. Um, I'm so glad that I came out this morning. When Pete goes out preaching, I do try and go with him, if possible. And I came in here this morning uh, not really uh, expecting sort of what I saw. Um, I found it to be a really good atmosphere here and it's family orientated and it's so different to what we have been going to and where we actually go as well. But it was so good to sing choruses and hymns that I actually knew. <laughs> so many churches we go to obviously have their own circle of things and, uh, and I hardly ever know the songs at all. So that was really nice. And to hear Sue do doing her little bit as well, it's nice to see everybody in a church taking part because sometimes it is just the vicar or the pastor sort of holding forth out the front. Um, I know I have to be careful of how long I actually talk for. Because, oh, I've just seen the clock. You're all right. Just, I looked everywhere around this morning to see where a clock was. Because otherwise, you know, sometimes we can sort of go on and on. I wasn't referring to you actually then. I was referring to myself. Because sometimes when we go, um, I can say a little word quickly. But other times when we go, perhaps up in London, I can speak for a bit longer. But I'm aware that, you know, you do finish at a certain time. Um, I would like to read something to you. When I was reading this morning, I always read uh, from an old book. I think it's good news. I've had it for years and years. And when I was reading it, I thought, oh, I don't think I can take this Bible out this morning. It looks a bit too tatty. So I got this one out. And as I looked at it, I found this card in there. And I thought, goodness me, someone gave me this verse of Scripture. And this was back in the 90s. But I thought to myself, 
Do you know, that is still relevant then and it's relevant today for me. All the time, God's word is always there. Um, as I look around the room, there are so many people that I recognize, which I wasn't expecting to. And that is so nice because it makes you feel part of the, the service here this morning. People that I worked with at the ICC many, many, many years ago. And it is so nice. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 14 and read to, just have got to get myself together here, 19. For this reason I kneel before the Father from heaven. His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your e.m. being. Now this is for everybody here today. God is going to strengthen you what he wants you to do so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Uh, I don't know the person who gave it to me because I didn't put their name on it but this is what they wrote on the card. The stars are unreachable and the ocean depths are so deep but my love is real, secure and true. Trust in the solid rock of your foundations and know the heights and depth of my love for you, God's love for you. I just want to say just before I sit down that if you are moving jobs, moving house, moving schools, moving whatever, a change is coming in your life, then go for that change. When I left ICC all those years ago, I remember saying to Pete, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do? Yet God has placed me in a position to work with the older people in the community. There is a job there for you. There is something there for you. Just hang on to God and he will provide whatever you are. He will provide that thing, whether it's anything else, he will provide. So you just need to look for him and look on his love to help you through. Thank you. I'm wiped the sound. Thank you. Ooh, wow. Well, good morning. I want to just thank you for what... Dyer, share with us, Lord, and your word to us through her. And I also pray for Pete with her, Lord. Thank you for him. We look forward to touching uh, heaven and hearing his words mm. to us through Pete this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. It's good to be here. Um, wow. Memories of people that we've known. Um, my longest memory is uh, with Eric Woodward. Uh, his mother 
was bridesmaid when my mother got married. <laughs> so we grew up in the same church in Ealing and then we discovered in the road where we was living, uh, Jean was living there and uh, she was going to another church and we discovered one another. So that's a long time ago. We left London over 50 years ago. I know Jean doesn't look anywhere near that age, uh, but you know, believe me, she was there as a young girl then. So it's good to be here. Good to be back with Martin and Sue and um, also Ian and uh, Yvonne and Andy and uh, what's her name, Agatha, is it? Oh no, sorry, <laughs> Agatha. <laughs> uh, it's really good to be here, just to see what God's doing in you, with you and through you. And you know, um, before I get going, I need to bring you some greetings. I want to bring you greetings from um, Malawi. I was, had just my the last three weeks in uh, February. I was in, in Malawi with Dan and Susie and uh, travelling around. And I was down in Tadjur where Martin's been and been riding dangerously on motorbikes and things like that. They didn't let me near the bike, but still, never mind. But yeah, it's good to be there to see what God's doing. You know, it's so amazing what God's done through a couple that dared to believe God and step out. And it's just good to be there. So they send greetings to you. And uh, from Elliot and also Patrick, they send their greetings to you. I was talking to Patrick on the phone last night. And yeah, they're just so blessed when we go there and support them. And then also I need to bring you um, greetings from the Keep Fit Church in Kenya. Um, I was in this church. It's part of Livingstone's Church International. I'm on their overseas international overseeing board so I'm connected to you even though you don't know it and um, they had this keep fit church in the centre of Nairobi it's on the fifth floor of a hotel 110 steps up uh, no elevator 110 steps down and I did five meetings there in four days so and when on the day when we had two meetings they bought the food out lunchtime I thought oh Praise God. Then the pastor said, come on, we go out to a restaurant. So he takes me all down the 110 steps. <laughs> then we go around the corner and said, here's a restaurant. Then we go up 40 steps to get into the restaurant. <laughs> and then when we finished our food, it's down 40 steps, up another 110 steps. That day, <laughs> that day, I, I forget how many steps I did now. Uh, 300, 500 steps that day. Anyway, praise God, I'm surviving. So, but you know, God's doing things in the nations. And, uh, but God's doing something in this nation too. And our job is to find out. Somebody said, was asked, why is he so successful in his ministry? He said, simple. I find out what God's doing and ask for permission to, to join in. So if we find out what God's doing and join in with him, something happens. It's very interesting that Diane, I nearly preached on that today, Ephesians 3. <laughs> I had my notes out and I was going to do it. But when I was praying yesterday morning, um, first of all, I know where coronavirus comes from in England. On Monday night, I was in the Ace Cafe on the North Circular Road in Wembley, and they are selling Corona beer. <laughs> the lady said, here, we've got Corona here. So, yeah, that's where it's coming. I didn't drink any, so I haven't brought it with me, so you're okay. But, uh, you know, hey, you know, we can get wrapped up in fear, or we can, you know, walk with faith and some common sense. And uh, let's be a people of faith and common sense, so we do that. So as I was praying, I said, Lord, what is it you really want me to share? And I felt God took me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. I want to talk to you about the presence of God. Um, as I'm getting older, I become an investor. I, I like to invest into people's lives because, you know, um, being a travelling guy, after I hit and run. I'm not around long enough to, to, to build things. 
So I'm going to hit you and run today. I'm going to invest some things into your life. And what you do with them is entirely up to you. So we'll do that. But let's read in Hebrews 10, verses 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage uh, one another daily, uh, all the more as we see the day approaching. So here I want us to talk about the presence of God now. Uh, because I know I won't be able to say everything. Uh, this is my first investment. So can I have two dynamic young people to move quickly amongst everybody and give out some notes, please? Oh, there's one. <laughs> and another one. Oh, yes, this one looks younger than more dynamic. But never mind, still. <laughs> okay, it's enough for everybody. Okay, thank you. Don't get nervous when you look at all these notes because there's no way I can go through it all today. That's why I give it to you. Uh, there's seven points here about the presence of God, so you can do one a day, and that will really um, help you. Just wait till everybody's got theirs. So there's a fourfold investment on this piece of paper. Number one is what I'm going to talk to you today about. Number two would be some points that I actually won't go through about his presence because of time. So that's number one. On the back is a confession about who you are in Christ. You know, instead of listening to too much negative stuff on TV, start confessing out loud every day who you are in Jesus. That will be life-changing for you. Changed our lives when we learned to do that years ago. It does that. And you need to, sometimes you need to get excited when you read it and you can go more and just praise God or clap your hand. You can perhaps throw something in the air or do a dance or, you know, do something. Let God know you're excited. But also, on the bottom of that, that's the third thing. On the bottom of the, the front sheet, it says YouTube. Peak, uh, fit for purpose, peak game. If you go to YouTube and type in fit for purpose, peak game, there's a four-part message there based on the book of Jude about how you can make sure you're fit for the purpose God has for you. Um, I got frustrated because I had to preach in a church that would only give me one slot and I wanted to do the four slots. So I went to my friend Freddie Brooks at, at, um, down at New Hope and I said to him, can, can, can you video me please? Because they video their meetings. And so I went down there with no audience and videoed the four sessions and it's now on YouTube. So I've got people in South America that want to hear me. So I say, have a look on YouTube. Yeah, it's amazing. So... Um, you know, the voice is okay, the, the face, you know, just look the other way and you'll be okay. <laughs> so, <it's laughs> uh, photographs don't do me any favours in that sense, but still. So anyway, there's four ways that I want to invest into your life because I know that what you put into you is what's going to make the impact on you. And, uh, you know, it's good. I like what, was it Rob, your name, Rob, was it? Rob came this morning and said he feels sometimes like a car. He comes in for a service you know, gets tanked up and off he goes again, hope he lasts a week. 
Well, we need to learn how to, I can say, service ourselves, how we can build that strength in us. And so it says here that we have confidence to come into the most holy place. Now, the book of Hebrews, one of the points of writing this book was to show how that Jesus was superior to everything under the Old Covenant. And if you understand and read through the Old Testament, you see when they had temple worship, the temple, uh, there was two major places. One was the holy place and the other part was the most holy place. And the holy place is where the priests would go and perform their duties on rotor basis. No, no normal person got in there, you had to be a priest. But in the most holy place where the presence of God was, it's like if we had here, it was like sectioned all off here. And there was no light in there, no windows, nothing. There's the, 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 um, the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat. And the presence of God was there. And uh, the chief priest could only go in there one day a year and he had to go with blood sacrifice. If he went on the right day without blood, he came out dead. If he went on the wrong day with blood, he still came out dead. If anyone else went in there, they came out dead. But the good news is, when we read about the story of the crucifixion, when Jesus cried out, it's finished, that, that curtain in that temple was ripped open from top to bottom. And God no longer lives in buildings. Uh, a lot of churches you go to, depending on their culture, they like to talk about, we're in the house of God. And so if I'm in one of those places, I ask people who's born again, and I get them to stand up, and, and I said, what do you see? So they're looking at Vanessa, I say, what do you see? And I said, well, you could say she's a saint, or she is. You could say she's a daughter of God, she is. Also, she's a temple of the Holy Spirit, but also she's the house of God. We are the house of God. This is the great news. The great news of the Christian message is this, that when you come and surrender your life to Jesus, it's not just sins forgiven and a ticket to wave to get you into heaven. It's God is going to come and live in you by his Holy Spirit. There's three aspects to the presence of God, and if we just understand that, that will be life-changing. And like today, if you have been born again, God lives in you by the Holy Spirit. You might not understand that, you might not feel anything, you might not be aware of that, but the fact is, if you have been born again, God lives in you by his Spirit. That is part of being born again, is to, be, to, uh, to receive the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, something happens in our lives that we get born again. God lives in us by his Spirit. So is there anybody here born again? Amen. Amen. God lives in you by his Spirit. Notify your face. You don't have to look miserable. <laughs> you, know, you can look happy that God loves you. You know, God loving me is the best thing that ever happened. I still remember when I got baptised in the Holy Spirit 42 years ago this month. Like God opened the top of my head <laughs> and poured in liquid love. Radically changed me. And yeah, that's what we all need to know that God lives in us by his spirit. Thank you, sir. Oh, is there one down there? Okay, I don't need it there, thank you. Oh, wow. And so as God lives in us by his spirit, that is the most amazing thing. But here it's talking about how we can come into the presence of God. Not only does God live in me by his spirit, but here I can come into the presence of God, I come into the very throne room of heaven through Jesus. By the Holy Spirit, I come into God's presence and I'm welcome. And most people, when you believe that God welcomes you and is pleased that you've come into his presence, that changes how you see yourself and how you pray. So many people pray with such a negative way, oh God, I just, oh, I don't know if you remember me, oh, yeah, 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 oh, poor little old me, oh, oh Lord. That's why so many people want leaders to pray for them. <laughs> 
because they think if the leader prays, there's more chance of an answer than if I pray. You ever thought like that? I have. But I had to get over it. <laughs> I had to learn that God loves me. And you know, God welcomes me. So when we come, it's okay to come and say, um, Father, this is your daughter Vanessa. I wanted to know I've got her name right. It's okay, because she thinks, <laughs> I don't want her to think I've got, I've got her name wrong. She has to keep telling me. But she can come with confidence. And you know, God doesn't say, who? <laughs> he recognises her voice. We know he sees and knows her, but he recognises her voice. When my sons phone me, I, I just, they don't usually announce who they are, I just recognise their voices. You know, God recognises your voice when you come to his presence. And it says that let us come with confidence. Or another word is boldness. Then come and say, Father, you know, Lord, I'm coming to you. I, I know I've messed up today, but I'm coming to you because the blood of Jesus makes a way for me. And when we come into the presence of God, that's what changes us. Being in the presence of God is what transforms us and releases us. Um, Sue had a fantastic week. Hey, praise God, I, I love it when those things happen. I had a week that was a bit depressing, quite honestly. I'd, I was teaching in Bible school in London and I'm dealing with some, a church in London where I've got major issues and you know, I, I came home depressed because I thought, God, how, how can we see this change? And yesterday morning I was sitting down, Lord, I, just, I really don't feel like preaching. Lord, I, just, I felt so heavy. And then God reminded me of this scripture. And I just went there, and as I walked into the presence of God, something changed. See, in his presence is fullness of joy. Now, Martin will probably remember this, and uh, there used to be a preacher many years ago, an Irishman that used to come to town called Harry Greenwood. And, and Harry Greenwood was always full of little quips. He, just, he used to be able to say things so succinctly you'd, you'd never forget them. And one day he was preaching, he said, you know, he said, the other week I was telling God, God, I'm so miserable. And uh, he kept telling God how miserable he was and, and God wasn't answering. And then God spoke into his heart, not an out, outside voice, but into his heart. He said, just said, where are you? He said, Lord, I'm miserable. God said, well, where are you? He said, Lord, why, why do you keep asking where I am? I'm telling you, I'm miserable. He said, well, I'm telling you, in my presence is fullness of joy. So where are you? <laughs> you see, when we get into the presence of God, it doesn't mean our problems disappear, but we're handing them over to God, and we start to receive his joy, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because our problems, if we can solve them, then we don't need God. And God usually puts us in situations where we need him. Uh, nobody, nobody can deal with this uh, problem we have in the nation now. Oh, okay, thank you. No, it's, I need it, I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. <laughs> And so we see that we need to really be sure that we spend time in God's presence. When we make time for his presence, something changes. And here we put on this list, I've got seven things. You know, you can read all these scriptures. It's a place of holiness. It's a place of worship. You know, we need to come and worship God. A lot of us only come and worship God when we're together in a meeting. Learn to worship God at home where you are. You know, learn to sing to God Use a psalm, speak praise to God, start to thank him. I tell you, the more thankful we are, something happens, the more we worship. But also it's a place of cleansing and separation and refreshing. You know, God's presence deals with the situation. When you're in God's presence, he's in control and he sorts out everything for us. And you know, we need to do that. But also, 
you know, we need to learn to wait on God, to fellowship with him. So often we come like we're, we're in a rush. Uh, perhaps, you, perhaps now you, you send God a text message. You just put all your, all your requests on, on, a, on your phone and you say, Lord, here's my things, and you try to text them to him. You just run off the list. Instead of spending time waiting on God, Lord, what do you have to say about this situation? Lord, what is it you want me to do here? And as we learn to fellowship with God, you know, something changes in our hearts because we're taking the focus off of ourselves and off of our needs, off of our desires, off of our plans, and we're focusing on him. And, you know, the more time I spend like that, uh, the more power I know in my life, the, the more direction I have, the less confusion I have, the more encouragement I have. And so we need to see this. It's a place where we can fellowship with God. It's a place of vision and revelation. Diane read that scripture uh, from Ephesians 3. If you read Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3, the two prayers there, the whole thing is calling out to God for, for revelation. God, I need to know you more. I need the reality of you in my life. I need your power. I need to know your love. And so I like what one man said. He said, never ever doubt the love of God. God loves you, period. He says he set his love upon us. And you know, we don't deserve it, we can't earn it, but we, have to, we can receive it. God loves us and has a plan for our lives. And so we see that this is a place of vision and revelation. It's a place where God commissions, he speaks to you to show you the things he's planned for you. Did you know God's got a plan for your life? Here I am, uh, in just a couple of months' time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clock up 75 years. A lot of people my age are not doing um, a few years ago somebody asked my son Wes talking about me, I don't know why they want to talk about me but he said, said, will your dad ever retire from ministry? He never consulted me, he just pronounced something over me, he said nah, he said when he gets older, I like that bit, when he gets older he might slow down a bit and then a little while later I was somewhere with Diane and somebody came up to we're standing again and they said to me, will you ever retire from ministry, Pete? And I'm thinking, be careful because Diane's here. I better be careful how I phrase this. I need to make sure I'm careful. But while I'm thinking of what to say, Diane speaks. She said, no, nah, I don't think so. When he gets older, I like that bit, when he gets older, he might slow down a bit. And, uh, but you know, what is amazing, a long time ago I asked God if I could keep going in ministry till I was 75. I thought that was good enough. But a couple of years ago, I started thinking, well, actually, I'm really enjoying life and I'm healthy and I can still move around. Why, why settle for 75? Why not go for 80? And last year, I hadn't told anybody, I just prayed about the Lord, can I go to 80? And last year, we was on a, a church camp in Czech Republic and was waiting to speak. And this guy came and said, Pete, I've been praying for you. God said, the next six years are clear. So I thought, wow, okay, all right. And then, even when I was in Malawi, um, some years ago, a man said he had a picture of me ministering to Muslim people. He said, women with all their garb on. And I thought, well, Lord, I haven't heard that before. If it's you, you say it again sometime. And I was in this conference in, in Bangway, right near the base. We had a conference there. And um, they asked this guy to come and close in prayer while a visitor. And he stood up and he started to prophesy over me about God said, He's got, still got something for you to do, it's to, to, to reach out to the Muslims. Say, wow, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do that. 
But if God's got something for me, and here I am, 75, and, you know, my teeth are falling out, my belly's too big, my hair's gone, you know, I need glasses. You know, what can he do with dynamic young people like you? Look at this. You're all in a picture of health, and, you know, you're loaded with money, you've got everything going for you, <laughs> you know. And those that can't grow hair on the top grade underneath, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, you're all going for it. You know, God can do something with you if you make yourself available. And so often we say, but I can't do anything. That's not the issue. It's am I available? God, here I am. You know everything about me. If you can do something with me, do it. You know, it's, um, this month is, well, it's 42 years ago this month I got baptised in the Holy Spirit, but it's 35 years ago this month when I actually resigned from the company I worked for, not knowing what would happen. Um, nobody wanted to employ me. Nobody said they would support me, but I felt God called us. Uh, we both agree that God was calling me out of business. And when I look back over what God's done in 35 years, I've just blown away. Before ever we actually did that, about two years before we took that step, we were down in South Street, 32 South Street, the flat above the shop, with um, some people there, used to, some young men used to live there from from what used to be a church in the town centre then, Days of Abundant Life. And, and that was a spiritual hothouse, I tell you, man. If you walked in there, if you didn't keep walking there, either pray over you, prophesy over you, or cast a demon out. They, they, were just, they were going for God. And so we had a prayer meeting that night, praying for the town and the church, and we did all that. They're all in their 20s, teens and 20s, and I'm about 38. So I'm the old boy in the room. And just as we get to the end, they said, let us pray for Pete. And they laid hands on me and prayed over me and they started to prophesy things I'd never ever heard before in my life. Things about travelling over much water, working amongst poor people, working amongst brown people, working amongst black people, you know, just all over the place and that the people I minister to will not be able to put in a building. And that seemed so far out because at that time I was preaching in about half a dozen churches around East Sussex. The ones I used to go to didn't want me anymore because I got baptised in the Holy Spirit, so, you know, it was start again time. But, you know, when I look back to see what God has done, it's amazing. First of all, he took us to help plant a church in Uckfield, and then, at some stage, Diane was working at ICC, and she came home with a letter one day Somebody wanted free cassettes. Any of you remember cassettes before CDs and MP3s and uploads, downloads and reloads? You know, there's an old thing called cassettes. Uh, everybody used to listen to cassettes. And somebody had written in to uh, ICC, please could you send us some Christian teaching cassettes? And Helmut said, well, actually, he said, we're not really geared for that. So, bless her heart. My wife says, that's okay. I'll take the letter. Pete's got loads of cassettes. He will send them some. Little did we know what God would do out of that. Then come another letter and another letter. And I don't know how it just snowballed. And, you know, one day we got a letter. Oh, I heard uh, on, the, on the radio, this is in somewhere like Zimbabwe, you get sending out free uh, cassettes, please can I have some? And we used to get some of the most amazing letters and most weird letters too, uh, asking for grand pianos, £5,000 and yeah, all this <laughs> stuff. It was amazing what people asked for, but... You know, it started growing. We got to the stage where we were doing 150 letters a month, sending this stuff out free of charge. And uh, then, do you remember when Gabriel Uchi came to Bible Week? Well, before he came, just two days before we went to Bible, started Bible Week, 
Dennis Nolan brought into my house. And we're fellowshipping there, we're talking about the programme. And then Dennis says to me, tell him about your cassette ministry. So I, I just ignored it. After three times of ignoring Dennis, Gabriel says, hey, what's this cassette ministry, Peter? <laughs> so I told him, oh, that's good. And he's just about to leave and he stood up, he was so big, like his, his head used to nearly hit the light in our lounge. And he said, let us pray. Father, I want to talk to you about Peter's cassette ministry. Double it, double it, double it. <laughs> I was thinking, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we got to 300 letters a month. And uh, through Bible week, they bought us the, the machines we needed so we didn't have to buy them. It's just amazing. God used a businessman who, who used to provide money for the ministry that actually paid for all these, the postage. And we just reached, I realised one day, hey, the people I'm reaching, we can't put in buildings because they're all over the place. But at that time, a man said he was praying for us from a church in Hamden Park. And he said, I was praying. He said, and God showed me you surrounded by books. And we both said, no, it's not books, it's cassettes. He said, it was books. Well, cassettes finished. And it didn't run on into CDs. And it's amazing, when the cassettes dried up, the request dried up, the man stopped giving because he'd been retired for years and that came to an end. But it was a season that God done. But you know, now we're into books. <laughs> um, we're, for me, who never passed a single English exam at school, <laughs> I'm writing books. Yeah, God's sense of humour. Uh, I write it longhand, dying, can't even read a word of it. I give it to my daughter-in-law, Carol, she can understand it, all types it up. Then I send it off to a Christian editor, and he sends me back two files. One is full of all, shows me the original text with all the corrections, and the other one is, is the new text. I just read the new text, because I look at that, I'll probably be too depressed. But, you know, God gives us a team, and out of that, and I've just come back from Uganda, where we've produced our first ever book there, and, uh, and we've done that, done seminars, and... And in Malawi, we just produced our third book of teaching notes to help the leaders. See, God's got a plan. Now, please, I'm not saying that because I'm, I'm trying to boast. What I'm trying to say is God takes ordinary people. If you think I'm extraordinary, ask my wife. <laughs> I'm not extraordinary. I, I am, I've, I'm still a work in progress. We all are. But, you know, God wants to do something with you. I've got well away from my notes. But if you get in the presence of God and seek him, he will start to show you his plan for your life. Don't say I'm too old, don't say I'm too poor, don't say I'm too young. Don't say anything. Say, Lord, I'm available. Lord, would you just take me and do whatever you want with me? That might mean you go across the road. It might mean you go to the other end of the town. It might mean you go to Birmingham. It might mean you go to Scotland. It might mean you go to another nation. I don't know. But if you make yourself available to God, something out of that will come. Because God's got you here for a purpose. You've got all these things here. Could you wave a hand, please? Everybody wave a hand. Everybody. Okay, you're moving. Hallelujah. That means you're breathing. Hallelujah. I've seen you munching, so you're eating. You're growing. Yeah, some of us are growing too much in the wrong places. Uh, you have feelings. Uh, this is repair. You need repair. We forget the next one. Um, <laughs> you're having something oh having babies you reproduce and sleep God wants you to re reproduce something for the kingdom and you know if you're open to God you'd be amazed at what he'd do with you some people God raises up to pray some people he raises up to give some people he raises up to go 
God has something each for every one of us. So in his presence, as you go through that list, what is it you need? Perhaps you need God to commission you, equip you. But you know, if there's one thing we need for the whole church, it's this. Right at the bottom of the sheet, Exodus 33, 12 to 20, I've just adapted it. God had been telling Moses to take the children of Israel into the promised land. And uh, he said, your people. And Moses said, no, no, Lord, they're your people. And um, who, who are you going to send with us? And, um, and he said, Lord, and he's saying to God, an angel's not enough. <coughs> and he's saying another time, if you don't send, if you don't come, there's no point in going. So I'll put it here. The Lord replied to Moses, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with us and what will distinguish us from all other people if you do not go with us? Um, this was a theme for a conference I was speaking at back in Czech Republic a few years ago and my friend, who's a well, originally from Jamaica, he's a big guy, big guy, massive, and he knows he, he's a preacher. If I think I can preach, I just sit under him and I think I'll keep quiet. He knows how to preach. And he came to this passage. And he went all through the Bible, you know, about this happened and that happened. And he came back to one phrase. There is no substitute for the presence of God. He would go all around the world. There is no substitute for the presence of God. And friends, we can carry God's presence with us wherever we go. Why? Because Holy Spirit lives in us. When we come together here, we have the presence of God amongst us. But then we have this high honour of coming into the very throne room of heaven. Just learn to live out of Hebrews 4.16. That we come to Jesus, our great high priest, and as we come to him, we can receive mercy and find grace to help us at our point of need. I don't know how many times that verse has literally changed my circumstances when I've just come say, Lord, I need your mercy and grace. I need it, Lord. There's nowhere else I can go for it. But out of that, brings total transformation. Well, I'm going to pray in a minute, but I, as I told you, I'm an investor. So I'm just going to invest some things. Um, Andy and Vanessa, God's word to you is, keep going. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not looking for victims, I'm just looking to be sensitive to Holy Spirit. It's okay. So to do everything God's got for you, you're going to have to go in faith. So this little book I wrote about receiving God's faith, that will just you. Hallelujah. And God's got some great things for you. So you need to grow in faith. So there you are. See God's faith. Lord, bless these people. Lord, I thank you for each of these people. Every person in this room, Lord, I say thank you for Lord, you know their circumstances. Lord, you know the struggles they have. You know the disappointments they've had. You know the setbacks they've had. Lord, you know, Lord, you know everything. But I thank you. Because you know everything. You can change it. So Lord, I'm just praying now that you give to each of us your faith. Thank you.
Lord Jesus, we come and we're looking unto you, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, I thank you. Sorry, my young lady, young lady what's your name, please? Sorry? Joanna. Joanna. Oh, my granddaughter's name. Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please write that reference down and live off of it because it will totally transform you. Romans 15, verse 13. God, Lord, you're doing things. Lord, you're doing things. Thank you, Lord. Sir, your name? Robert. Another Robert. Okay, good. Okay, Robert, I believe God wants you to have Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, therefore, talking about all that God's already said about salvation and how he saved the Jews and the Gentiles and brought them all together, he said, therefore, I'm asking you, he says, give God your body as a living sacrifice. God's after your body. You might look at it and think it's the wrong shape, size, is this, that, that, but God wants your body because he wants to live through you by his spirit. And then it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you renew your mind, you've got God's word on the back of that sheet, renew your mind, you'll then be able to test and approve what God's will is. And his will is three things. And these are the best things I can ever say about the will of God. Number one, it's good. Number two, it's pleasing. Number three, it's perfect. Now, if it's good, it's not bad. If it's pleasing, you're satisfied. And if it's perfect, hey, you can't improve on it. But as you have to give God your body and renew your mind, then you'll be able to discern what his will is for you because he has a future for you. And it's not just sitting in chairs, uh, filling up and making up numbers. He wants to use you to do something beyond what you ever thought possible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, have mercy. Father, I want to say thank you for a number of things here today. Father, I want to say thank you for being invited to come here to be with family, your family. Thank you for that. Lord, I want to say thank you for seeing Eric and Jean again, Lord. People that have Lord, been all, nearly all my life have been, I've known. Lord, I thank you that they still love you. They love each other and they haven't given up. Lord, that blesses me. And Lord, I pray as they move, and now this is not a word of knowledge, they tell me, as they move into their new home, Lord, I pray it be a new phase and you have some new things for them to do. And Lord, they'll make a, a great impact uh, where you've placed them. Thank you for them. Lord, thank you for Martin and Sue, Lord, to, to renew fellowship with them, Lord. Thank you for all the times we've worked together over the years in different things. Thank you for them, Lord. Now, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in them and you, all that you are doing with them. You've still got plans for their future. Lord, for Andy and Vanessa, it's good to see them again and Lord, thank you that they too are remaining faithful to you. Thank you, Lord, for blessing him in his business and all these things, Lord, that come from your hand. And I pray, Lord, you just give them. Give them your wisdom and direction the way ahead. Father, we put everything in your hands and I pray for this church, Lord. Lord, I thank you. Jesus, you said you would build your church. Lord, you know, we have people come, people go, we have difficulties, we have setbacks, we have upsets, all sorts of things happen. But Lord, I pray you grant to living stones here in Eastbourne a spirit of unity so with one heart and mouth they might glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Lord, bless these people with peace. And I pray, Lord, like it says in Acts 9.31, then the church enjoyed a time of peace. It grew in numbers and it strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, growing in numbers and in the fear of God. Lord, let your presence be so strong here that when people walk in, they will know they are meeting with you and your people. So, Lord, I bless them all now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We bless you too, Pete. Thank you, and I, and your family, and your ministry, and all that God has invested in you that you reinvest outwards. Uh, thank you for these next six years that God's given you. And we pray, Father, that you will multiply the work. And Lord, it just thrills my heart to hear of a ministry amongst Muslim people that you are going to be doing through Pete and I. Lord, we pray you'll give them uh, instructive laws. Uh, yeah. in these matters as well as open up the doors of opportunity mm. uh, so thank you Lord for our fellowship and time together in the day whatever this week has in store for us Lord and so much is soon to be unknown at the moment we reminded ourselves you are thrown Amen. river of life throws out your throne and Lord, it provides us with all this blessing. Lord, your presence goes with us mm -hmm. into blessing. And we just want to thank you for that, Lord. So we step out into our new week with great confidence in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I don't know how long ago it was, Pete. It's <laughs> we was at Ashburnham and I was, and I was sitting with Vanessa in near the front row not realising it was the most dangerous place. <laughs> and um, we, just, we just loved uh, uh, Diane and Pete because they were just so down to earth. We, Vanessa and I just felt at home with them. But Pete looked at me when he was on the, on the platform, this godlike status, <laughs> and he said to me, Andy, the Lord has said he's going to bless you. Um, you've given a hundred so far, but... From this time on, you will give thousands. I will get to it. <laughs> and since that time, Vanessa and I, through the grace of God, we've probably given at least 150,000. Wow, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it hurts so much. <laughs> but... The Lord, you've given, and the Lord is going to give to you now. And the prophecy for you two is now, as you get older, though your body's strength may dwindle, yet in the, the power of the Holy Spirit shall increase. Wow, thank you, Lord. And that is what the Lord says to you both. Thank you. Give me this, Malcolm. Thank you. <laughs>